Hey guys, and welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road podcast, episode 11. I'm here with Luke, Cody, Richie, and myself. And today we're going to change things up a tiny bit. We're going to focus more on one main topic, and we'll see where it goes from there. But I was thinking today, and I was going um, just over questions, things we could go over on the podcast. And something that stuck out of my mind was how do you plan a build? I mean, generally when we're building these things, it takes, you know, three, four years for some of the stuff to come to fruition. And at least for me, and I was interested to see if you guys, you know, had similar experiences when you were planning builds. So I guess we'll try to go over the shortcomings along the way. Like how do things change as you're from your initial vision on a build and how does that affect how you're, going about it as you go through this, you know, the journey of building your Jeep or rig or whatever you got. And Luke, I think you might have the, like, the most experience building these things. So why don't you start us off? So like when I first went to go and like, look at what I wanted to build with my Jeep, I thought about it and I'm like, if I want to make this thing into an actual wheeler, I know it's going to need stiffeners and like, I know it's going to need long arms, that kind of thing. And so I just went and figured out what I was going to need to make what I wanted happen. So I like went to rough stuff and ordered the brackets. I ordered the Himes, yada, yada, that kind of thing. And I, you got to start with some kind of a vision. The vision has, it can be dynamic and like change throughout time, but you have to have some form of a vision of what you want to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's definitely how... I sort of got started. I never really thought I'd end up with my Jeep where it is now. And I'm like, that's really cool to think back like three years ago, four years ago. I never thought I'd have what I have. But that was sort of even even then, if, even though it was unobtainable to me at that point in time, that's like, that's what I wanted. Right. So that sort of dro- drove me in the direction I went and things sort of just fell in place. Yeah. So, is that a- Something that I really like about yours is that you had like your jeep and you ran with it you dealt with the bullshit you just you had a vision that slowly just like took its paces you flipped the pages on the book you kept writing writing and going and going to where it is now we're like i know with me i've had six or seven xjs i've had a zj like i i didn't start my process until i really found the perfect jeep which is like I mean, it was it fell into my hands, and I probably would have started with a shittier Jeep if I just dealt with it. So it's mm-hmm. pretty cool to see that like you just took the time, you took the bull by the horns, and just fucking hammered it, which is exciting. Well, no, God, that's that's my stubbornness. I uh, <laughs> you know, generally if I if I have something, uh, I'm not gonna just get rid of it. It's gotta be like a real. There's gotta be a really good reason for me to like just totally drop something i'd rather fix what i have than than just dump it and start fresh just feels like a i don't know that to me that's demotivating (laughs) so um yeah i mean like my like my first few jeeps i knew that i wanted a cherokee even though i got a zj I like when I first started getting to wheeling, I was like, eh, I'm not a big fan of mud. I know the bullshit that goes along with it. So as I started doing it, I had no idea that mine would even be where it is now. 
because to me a locker a welded rear and a lift was the extent of that like i really was not planning on getting to this point but it's cool to see that like i'm i'm happy with the choice i made of starting with a stock jeep for what i specifically did but i mean i have friends that bought jeeps which is perfectly fine but the reason is because it had done everything that was done on it was exactly what would have been done anyways so i mean where do you feel like the best like starting point would be a stock jeep or something that's already built up to a decent point it really depends on the build because like for example if you were to bring something to my shop and be like should i buy this and it's got you know an iro three link long arm an aussie locker in the 30 and like uh detroit in the eight and a quarter you know and it's got at least some form of stiffening done and the body's in okay shape it's not rotted to christ the wiring's okay i would say buy it but my problem is there's a lot of hat wow sorry i managed to fuck up saying hack garbage out there but it's true. There's a lot of people that are just, like, ridiculously bad at what they do, and I'm not trying to shit on people, but if, it's better sometimes to start with nothing, like a bone stock Jeep, for example, when Cody's Jeep came in, we were able to sit down and just, what do you want to do? Okay, this is what I want, and I'm sure he can tell you more about that process, but from there... We uh, we just drew the plans. If it was hacked garbage, we would have been working backwards. Yeah, and that's something that I was really, really excited about mine was it was fucking mint. There was nothing wrong with it. But on top of bringing that like kind of perfect body to Luke, Luke was able to kind of sit down with me and be like, hey, we can do this at a pretty decent price point and a decent rate. Like, I mean, like, we won't have to redo your floor pans. I mean, granted, when we did the stiffeners, the, the unit body was already shot, so we knew we were going. We were, we were heading into deep waters when we were playing around with that. But honestly, I think the biggest thing that helped me with like creating my vision for my Jeep was having you guys or having the club. Being able to have a group chat with a bunch of idiots, but who also have been playing with these Jeeps for, fuck. I mean, Colin's been into this for 10 years now, right? Uh, that probably it's been a long time or at least eight years like whatever it may be long time longer than i have kish and, and myself have been in it for 10 years but perfect roundabout that's, so that's that's two more people you know like yep. it's nice to know like i mean who did i have my father who had a cj7 that thought 33s and leaf springs were god's gift to mankind like there's no availability other than just diving right in and learning it and asking the right people of like hey this is what i've got this is my budget what would you suggest and it's it's really cool to have that and i think that's one of the, like the biggest uh plus factors was with that jeep and kind of getting into this yeah i i, I can see that yeah I, th I think for me being part of a club that actually went off-roading consistently definitely helped solidify you know, the plans that I had, right? Because me lifting my daily driver and, uh, you know, at that point, I'm not really ricing it out, but, like, not everything I was doing was fully functional, right? Not everything I was attaching to it was, you know, it was just typical Jeep bullshit, right? It's not 
all for a purpose. And I think initially, before I really had a club, I was getting to a point where I'd done the lift, I'd done the tires, I'd done stuff. And I was like, well, now I'm done. I don't want to be done, but like, I don't like, I just don't know where else to go. Right. And as soon as I joined the club, it sort of was like, okay, this is how it does. And it's not doing what I want. So now I need to add, you know, add a front locker, add a rear locker, do the long arms because it now drives like shit because I've built it to be a rock crawler, not a daily driver. And it just doesn't drive that good anymore. But speaking of control arms, uh, there's this guy on Facebook. I swear to God, it it irked me so bad. So this guy posted on, I think it was Club X J. He posted about core four by four control arms and how the rubber bushings are so bad. This and that they blew out at ten thousand miles. And he went on this massive rant about how they were the worst things. But I asked him the simple question of like, hey, like, what's your suspension lift and what's your control arm length and what's the angle of that? And he was like, that has nothing to do with it. Like. I had no fact. <laughs> you asked me that question three years ago. I would never know, but like, dude, control arm angle. Holy shit, that matters so much if you like drive. I mean, even off road, if you want those things to last a decent bit, like. Not even Jesus. just that, but it's like the initial assembly. One thing I do to make a poly bushing hold up is I slather the outside of the. Uh, bushing up with grease before i install the pin and whenever i've done that the bushings have held up fairly okay like i've got the uh traction arm from my jeep down at the shop and the bushings are perfectly may if i wanted to cut them off and put them on something else it would not matter i could do that huh i mean i guess yeah i mean but then we're going back into the conversation between me and grandma of poly versus rubber mm. like <laughs> mm. But I mean that's totally different. That's that's control arm compared to motor. That's that's a complete different beast. You can have your poly control arm bushings. Have fun with that. <laughs> hey, they work. It'd probably be fun on a control arm. I think you'd probably be okay. It's working. I mean, I haven't had. Any complaints. <laughs> you do? You have poly yeah. bushings in your control yeah, arms? Yeah. Oh. The side that attaches to the axle. We went with poly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do he you was... have the? Uh... It's not a. I'm trying to think. Is it the Clayton joint, or is it uh, like a just a generic? I believe it's rough stuff. No, fuck, I can't. Even I think they're Barnes Himes. Uh, he's got one and a quarter Himes at the axle at, or at the frame side in the cross member, with a poly bushing at the lower dual seven eighths by three quarter Himes on the upper. And it works. I mean, I I have no complaints, and it's pretty nice for because we mounted my shock to it. The poly really keeps it from rotating, which is super nice, because I know if you do it with double Heim, then you're going to have problems with rotating your control arm, and things start yep. getting wonky. And Especially with Himes. So, yeah. Kish, you're going down a different path than everyone else a little bit, because you still got the short arms, and you got all the uh, yeah. length. Or you, what did you do? Didn't we stretch that thing? Yeah, it got stretched, like, what, an inch and three quarter? I think it was an inch so. and a half. Um. I think it was an inch and a half on that. I can't remember, but whatever. Potato, Same potato. <laughs> I think it was uh, an inch and a inch and I don't a half know. No, it, was, it was inch and five sixteenths, you know? Just right in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go with that. It was inch and five eighths. That's what it was. Oh, really? Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's there actually you go, what it there was. You go. But, you know, why'd you go down that route? Well, just because I, uh, Pretty much, I got given the, uh, what is it, the 
JK upper rear control arms. Yes. From Cody's girlfriend. Yep. Which are an inch and five eighths longer than the factory Cherokee arms. And but they're beefier. So yep. those worked for my uh my lower control arms in the front. And then we just made the uppers to go with it just that way. I didn't have tinfoil for my control yeah. arms. Dude, I those fucking stock control arms freaked me out so bad. I, yeah, so I, ha- I honestly, I don't know how I was able to last so long with the factory control arms. It's because you have a brain between your ears. It's because you're smart enough to not jump your Jeep and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> it it was it was definitely a noticeable difference first time out after uh just doing the stretch though. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So is it is your Jeep still on the path that you're envisioning for it? Yeah, it's actually just gotten faster. Like the the the, the speed as which in which I'm going down that path has just greatly increased. So did you have to change anything up because of the platform you were stuck on? No, even external constraints like time and money and money. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's always the (laughs) that's always the the kicker. Yeah, Yeah, I feel that. Feel that. But it's like you know, I'm I'm just starting to go down the whole uh, one ton path, and I wasn't expecting to start collecting parts and stuff until like the end of 2021, maybe beginning of the next year it's just shit just kind of happened to fall down yep. in just the right way that i could start already. yeah and that was one thing for me like going back to what i had said about having a dynamic vision i went from all right well i want a street legal jeep that i can drive that's not my old buggy to Hang on, wait a minute. There's a couple things I did wrong in this situation. I can put one tons under it and oh hey, trade a set of air shocks for a set of one tons and I mean two air shocks. Okay, cool. Under the Jeep they went and there's so much stuff on the market to make it easier. These well, days. Well, like that that is that is actually something big for me in terms of planning out someone's build is being like knowing someone that has already built their rig at least past where you currently are it kind of gives you a rough idea on how to do things and what steps to do differently than that person yeah so I that think... way yours comes out better because i always joke with you luke saying that my jeep will inevitably always end up being better than yours just because you're the guinea pig i know it's also driver mod you know, we, we do all the fuck-ups <laughs> wow. on your Jeeps. That way we don't do the fuck-ups on my Jeep. Wow. I mean, this... We also have to consider mine to be the, the guinea pig, too. That, like, yeah. Luke's the major guinea pig, then I'm the second guinea pig, and then he's like, it's like Goldilocks, you know? He's yeah, got the, exactly. The suit, the suit a little too hot, I got the suit a little too cold, and Richie's like, I had to slide <laughs> right in on the middle. <laughs> See, you guys are lucky, because you guys get to build each other's Jeeps, and you can all learn off of Luke's mistakes. <laughs> There's a reason Jacob and uh, Dave call me fix it again, Grembo. It's because <laughs> I make the mistake and then I have to fucking fix it on my shit. <laughs> no, you have gotten. That's the beauty of it. I'm now copying your axle setup, Graham. So now I get to start copying you. 
<laughs> okay, Graham, you fucked up this. All right, I'm gonna do it this way then. Yep. <laughs> but I will say this: you're doing a lot less of the fix it again stuff. I mean, how many tries? No, no, did no, it... no! Don't give me that much credit. I tried my clutches, or yeah, my master slave cylinder combo thing that all the jeeps have. Uh, I had to swap it this weekend because it was. Uh, there must be a leak. There's a big air bubble in it, so you got to pump it up to actually get any clutch engagement. So I went, I had to drive it to uh, Collins so he can do my bumper, which uh, is super cool. I can't wait for that to be done. Uh, put a new clutch in the Friday night before I drove it over there. In my infinite wisdom, I attached the top end. Didn't attach the bottom end. It wasn't in the transmission yet. Oh. And I was like, cool, oh, this, is, this is great. And I pushed it a few times. I was, then it, the pressure goes down. I'm like, fuck. I just ruined this. I, like, I literally just dumped all the fluid out of this. So I was, you know, angrily put it all back together. Like the spring in that inner piece came out. I slapped it together, put the rubber boot back on, jammed it in. I was like, I'm not putting the other one back in because it's a pain in the ass to wrap it around all the shit that I've got in the engine bay. Oh, yeah. That is one of the fluid. most shitty things to do. Yeah. Uh, same, same exact. Uh, clutch feel it's still shitty you still have to pump it i literally just fucked myself because i was an idiot and uh was, so, it wanted to press the clutch why keep it automatic? <laughs> yeah no no thanks <laughs> i'd rather pump my clutch i mean i definitely see steps. the point of an automatic to a certain degree but it's like uh, it's one of those things like it's again it'd be, it's kind of one of those vision things do you want to have something that you could just slap between I mean, both of them, you technically get slapped between drive and reverse super easily, but, like, I've talked to so many different people, and their different ideologies on, oh, I prefer a standard, oh, I prefer an automatic, like, I guess downhill descent is, like, the only thing that I know for a fact's like, oh, that's really cool for a standard, or absolutely knowing for sure it's gonna stay into second gear, but you can also use electronic shifters, like, I don't know, it's one of those things that, it's all... I think that's more user... It's yeah, preference. that's it's preference. Honestly, that's what I was trying to think of <laughs> when I when I swapped mine. It was kind of a gamble because I mean, I'd, I'd had no issue with the automatic. The manual, the AX-15 that I got sort of just fell in my lap for a good price. It was in a Jeep. It was like everything was there and it needed to go. My buddy needed it out of his yard. So I said, I'll take it and I'll part it out for 300 bucks. So I took the whole Jeep. It took all the pieces I need. No, it was an 89. Mine's a 2000. So there's like a whole bunch of bullshit that's different. And it has caused me a lot of trouble. I didn't really save much money in the long run by going with that transmission. But it, when I installed the thing, I didn't know how to drive a stick. Huh. So I basically had to relearn how to drive my Jeep. What was your gear ratio when you put the stick in? I think it was 410 at that point in time. Oh, wow. So they're really not much of a difference from stock. No. Yeah. It was... I could definitely see like having like uh, 538s would be a lot easier driving stick on trail than if you were running like 353s in a stock. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the first few trail runs they were they were a little rough. I I won't lie, I sucked. I was really bad. You know, having to a learn how to drive it to begin with because I I mean it wasn't too hard to pick up, but it did take a minute, right? Mm -hmm. Been driving automatics since every day before the swap never having really touched a manual we just didn't have many manual cars that were that i could drive i was what was i 18 or something i don't know 
but <laughs> like but now having having driven it for a long time it's so much more fun to be able to pick my gear and just shoot up something right that's the big thing okay first gear didn't work let's try it in second and see if i can get my wheel speed up more there's there's just like little couple more nuances that are just more fun to play with yeah there's there's like some room for you to fuck up and stall and everybody will like <laughs> you suck at driving it's like yeah well i i of course i do it's just how it goes you know yeah but, uh, I, I do me, remember i do remember Grim. the first time you came down to my place you were stalling like every fucking four minutes i'm getting better yeah see oh way better way better uh, yeah so <laughs> oh sorry god oh feel free okay so i have a question now because i we had the old comment section on Instagram saying that your Jeep is supercharged. Why the fuck does your Jeep sound like it's supercharged, Luke? Uh, because... <laughs> is this the reason you have a secret supercharger we don't know about, and that's why you keep fucking up motors? No. Yep. No. That's it. That that's would it. simply be my power steering pump being drilled the fuck out with a uh, return spring that was stretched, and... Bouncing off of the revlimiter at 5,500 RPMs, it gets a little loud. Fair. You know? I was I was curious because I started listening to it. And I'm like, man, it really does sound like this dude's Jeep is supercharged. Like, it ain't that cool. I wonder why this guy thinks it's that cool. Like, <laughs> mm. No, I had to go and tell him, unfortunately, it is not that cool. <laughs> you should uh, just let him dream. Let him let dream. dream. <laughs> How is yeah. this for the kits? Isn't there, like, a cheap way to do it with, like, a... A tr uh, not a Zam, Grand Am supercharger or something, and then somehow getting it to bolt up and some weird uh, eh. way to do it. There's a couple of quality kits out there. Like for example, there's one that bolts to the manifold uh, for the intake, and it uses an M62 with like a decent aluminum block going right into the uh, setup. And I forget where they put the throttle body on it, but that kit works. It's pretty cool. I just would not want to, if I was going to do it, I would set it up and try and make it right. I wouldn't, like, want to do it cheap. I would be okay with running, you know, a split-second engine management instead of just, like, an FMU or something. So. That's fair. You know, yeah, I, I want the reliability. Yeah. You don't well, think superchargers like, are reliable? Reliable power. Well, they're reliable, but I mean that, like, if you tune it shittily, you're going to end up with shitty results. Fair. Well, yeah, that's with anything. Well, it's like, there are definitely some cases where it's alright to spend some money. Yeah, you that know? is one of those cases. I mean, tools, by all means, go as cheap as possible, because fuck them. <laughs> but, like, when you're going for parts and shit, and important parts... Spend some money so that way you don't get stuck with shit. Jeez, mm. Says like the hard. guy that bought a fucking $150 pair of axles. Mm. Those are parts. Cody, I did like your comment. He does sound like Colin. Oh my god, dude. I remember when I was talking about... Fuck, what was it? I think it was a track bar. when I Because I just recently bought the Stinky Fab uh, track bar. And he was like... Why did you just go with Clayton? Clayton is this much money. It's the best of the best. Fuck you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> but look, I mean, as long as you have solid, end, solid ends on a track bar, it's like rubber joints on a track bar just 
least to me, having messed with that. It's not worth it. Just get Johnny Joints or Himes or whatever it is. It's so much better. So, Luke, I cut you off there. What were you kind of going on a tangent about? Uh, I don't know. I was just going to keep going with the Supercharger shit, but I feel like that's kind of like a mini subtopic that really doesn't matter all that much. So, <laughs> that was before yeah. That. Uh, I honestly don't remember. Sorry about that. But, um, <laughs> nah, in regards to what you're doing, I do enjoy the fact that you're actually taking some criticism and the direction advice in an appropriate manner because it's like I'm more than willing to give anyone advice about anything but if you're going to tell me repetitively that I'm a fucking asshole for it you know I I don't care it, it so, just becomes so hard to work out if that's the case how, how do me and you work then uh, <laughs> throwing insults and tools across the shop generally seems to be the best way for us to work but ah okay because I, I, I was just a little confused because I call you a fucking asshole almost every day well, yeah, but if you're going to be doing that, that's to be expected, you know, repertoire and all that. <laughs> True. Um, one thing that I found that has always been an issue for me with the builds, though, is I always end up at the end, like, forgetting to take into account the cost of brake pads, U-joints, uh, U-bolt straps. There is so much little stuff that you forget to think about that piles up in the end, and I think that was, like, my one-ton swap was pretty damn cheap, but I spent a lot of money at the end that I wasn't expecting to. I don't know if that's been anyone else's experience on these projects. Hi, oh, I'm Poster oh, Child. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I think that transcends Jeeps. That's, you know, 90% of the project is, uh, you know, you'll get it done in the... 10% of the time or 10% of the money and then the last 10% takes you know 90% of the time right it's it, 10% uh, you know it's I mean, just I'd saying, a little bit but, more than that yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. well it, it's like the weekend that I actually first lifted my jeep you know I went ahead I had everything all set jeep is completely back together all I have to do is put the shocks on and then pull it out of the shop I forgot the fucking shocks. <laughs> but you forgot to buy them or you forgot to bring them? To to buy shocks. I forgot oh. to acquire shocks. <laughs> I had everything all set, ready to fucking go. Jeep is done. Just needs shocks. Luke's like, all right, Richie, go grab the shocks. I'm like, motherfucker. Oh, my Lord. And then it, then it was a scramble to call up. I think I ended up calling, like, three, four, five parts stores, finally find a parts store that has, like, shocks that will work, get there, and it's like, well, fuck, I don't have enough money for that after buying all the hardware and all the other bullshit I had to get to finish everything. And parts store so shocks are a... expensive, unless you get, like, ah, the, the cheapy white bodies. I got black. I got black, I got black, black. bodies. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Spendy. They, they were pretty decent shocks. Like they, they are pretty decent shocks. I'm still running them, but yeah. I, I had to fucking borrow money from Luke to buy them right there. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. just like motherfucker. It's the stupidest shit that always kills me. Yep. One thing that fucking murdered me on my build was the cost of the brakes. Totally was not even thinking about it when I went into it and like I started bleeding the calipers that I had because I had a couple of junkyard calipers 
on the axles that were in really good shape. So I'm like, cool, these are doing great. Awesome. Go for a test drive, and I blew out one of the pistons on the rear caliper, and like, so I was like, all right, whatever, I'll just order a set of power stops, and um, oh, hey, shit, those are $800. Fuck, I'm not mm. doing that. All right, Ford oh remands God. it is. Yep. Amazon <laughs> specials. This is why I'm happy that you guys know me now, because cheap. Got you. Got you. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be putting in a nice order with you, Cody. So, yeah. front and rear, 200 bucks. Everything. Drums, calipers, everything. Pads. Uh, for F350. I'm talking for 110 axles. Oh, for 110 axles? Oh, I haven't actually looked into that. I thought you meant Cherokee. Cherokee. No, no, I meant one so tons. Be, so, if I had to guess, uh, 350 bucks for everything, front and rear? Just a rough guess based off of. Yeah, just because like when when I go to do when I go to actually put the axles in, I want like all brand new brakes and all that jazz. I said the you know, same. Make everything all nice and pretty. So that's not how you do it. You you will just run out of money. What I did, and I'm I was blessed because the ducky brakes that I got on the axles, they were red. They were you know nice. Those were those Amazon power specs. stops. Yeah, whatever they were, they. Each of them went out one at a time. So one would go out, I'd replace it. The other would seize up, I'd replace it. The back one would do something stupid, I'd swap it. You know, I got through all of them. It took about a year, but they all failed, and I replaced all of them. And now I have four new brakes, and I didn't break the bank all at once. So I feel better about it. That's not a bad mm. idea. I mean, if I your brakes work, don't swap them. When they yeah. seize up, you'll smell it, especially on the Super Duty ones. <laughs> I, st I still remember I was supposed to do a, uh, a rebuild kit on my rear drums after we uh, cobbled <laughs> them together that I totally forgot. We So when we transported the axle from Graham to Luke's shop, we put it on the back of the tra or the trailer, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll rebuild the whole thing by the time I put it in, this and that. Oh, yeah, we'll be good. Nah, totally didn't fucking do that. Uh, the only thing we did was put new brake lines onto it. And... <laughs> when we get to the shop we started playing with it actually way later on this was probably three four months afterwards no it had had the uh axle shaft out we were waiting to get the stuff so we could press it all together and then we discovered this yep and the adjuster on the bottom was not there the two different springs are not there so and the e-brake springs are not there which on those the e-brake e spring actually holds the two lower plates together or the two brake pads together God, it was a mess. So we ended up just pulling the Dana 30 parts and tacking the things in and pulled the spring together. And it works. Oh, my God. Was, yeah. It was and this wasn't my fault, right? I gave you the full. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. It was not your fault. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. I remember this, right? The drum was off or something. Yeah, so the drum guys... was off. And we were yeeting back from um, the tubing order. Yep. yep. That was a yeah. good day. That was a long day. That was we a good day. We left at like eight o'clock and didn't get back till like nine thirty. Remember, it was late by the time we got back. That's only an hour and a half. A.M. to P.M. A.M. to P.M. Well, you should have specified. Long. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I I remember because after we put it all together, Luke was like, "We need to f change that." I'm like, "Oh yeah, definitely will." It's been eight months. Haven't touched it. Yeah, it's one of those you know <laughs> band aid repairs that becomes permanent. No if big deal. It, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Mm, nah, fix you it. it. You it, can't it, tell it, when drums know. are broken, though. That's the problem, because they don't do anything regardless. No, you, you'll tell when they're broken when uh, they explode. 
something well, along those lines. It was able to lock up the rear tires when I had that weird situation happen by the red light. So I mean, still works. Can't complain. It held me going down. Uh, Copperhead. Uh, lower dam or damnation? No. Upper damnation. No. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's. Ah, whatever. Regardless, it's steep as shit, and you're literally facing downhill at probably a thirty-five degree angle. Like it's. No, I think it's more than that. It's probably like a forty. But still, like it's steep. Steep it's enough steep. that I'm just sitting there holding I can't the brake, just like God. I can't wait to go up that. I'm down. I think it's an easy climb though, up. I think it's only like a blue up, right? It's nah, it's you're you're still dealing with some gnarly shit going up because there's a couple of rock faces that you drop down into. Or at least nope. on the line that I'm looking at doing. Oh if we're... yeah, no, I I'm thinking of the sweep around line, not the straight up one side <laughs> yeah. or the left side. Like, eh -eh. Nah, we did that on the night ride, though. That was cool. Yeah. Going up it. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about rock lights? Because I've been kind of kind of thinking about getting some rock lights and make it look all bougie, but also I feel like it's not worth the time and effort. I, I think they're useful if you actually go wheeling at night. If you don't ever go wheeling at night, you just look like a fucking cocksucker. So you don't think connecting the lights to the trailer lights so that way at nighttime my Jeep glows going down the highway? You don't think that'd be cool? That's kind of no. what I'm thinking. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like if I saw that, I would want to pull that driver over and hit Suck them. my dick. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, maybe I'll reassess. <laughs> just because, like, that just screams hit me come on so okay so what if what if i get like everything matching and looking nice then do you think it'll be tacky or think it'll look clean then? i tacky. i don't know like i'm a fan of the damn pods mounted like in the wheel or like inside of the wheel arch to provide enough light that it's actually practical if they're not putting off enough light to where you can actually use them i feel like they're kind of worthless and i feel like it's kind of a niche mod because let's be real we've don't really wheel that much at night with the club. They just, most of the time it's during the day and we, uh, are socialites after darkness falls. Yeah, true. Well, like, yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I personally, I hate auxiliary lighting if it's not warrant. Yeah, true. I mean, I, I see what you mean. I don't know. I think, I just, I was thinking I, it'd be kind of I'm with you, Cody. I, if I had the time and didn't have, like, a million other things that needed to get done, I'd probably put them on, just because. Why not, you know? Yeah, exactly. Then like, it, I, uh, the big rigs that have them, they generally, like, it's pretty cool. It's a nice little, like, feature to have, right? Yeah, like, but oh, the yeah. big Here's rigs, though, the big rigs, so that's a safety thing. No, 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 not, I just mean, like, big off-road rigs, not oh, big rigs, oh. right? I mean, <laughs> I you sure, I'm sure they look cool, too. <laughs> I, um, I didn't know they had underglow, but... <laughs> with that, yeah, I you know, agree. All, all their chicken lights and shit. Yeah. Um, with the... If I were doing something like a buggy, it would absolutely have rock lights, but like I said, it would be pods. It wouldn't be the dumb strips that I see done. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't it do a wouldn't, strip, It'd have to be a bright, like singular light. Even oh. one of those littler LEDs that's more uh so, so not color directed. changing. Yeah, no. Only gonna go color changing. No. Uh 
On that note, one of the cool <laughs> little dumb projects I'd like to do is I really, really want to do uh, like a little weld-on bracket to a uh, 99-04 Super Duty high steer arm so that I can mount a pod, and when I turn the steering wheel, my light follows the steering wheel for yeah, night we've wheeling. Yeah, we've seen a few buggies and rockaholics that do that. I think it's a pretty cool idea. Although those poor pods, they probably just get destroyed. Well, that's oh, well. why you get the cheap ones yeah. off Amazon. I know, the $20? Yeah. It's cool, though. If I wheeled at night, I don't think I ever have. We may have to try to change that, but... I'm down. I, have Dude, I think it'd be, it'd be fun. Season opener, my house. Night no. wheel. Yes. I need trails. <laughs> I don't want to just hit obstacles. Like I want to be able to go through a trail at night. Like, I think that's kind of dope. But just Okay, kinda... Richie. Get to it. Make us a trail, not an obstacle. <laughs> Get cut. I don't think that's how Kish's property works. It's kind of an abusement park. You ping pong between pain. <laughs> that's the, how I explain it, is it's a skate park. You know? You go to a skate park, that's Richie's property. You go to Badlands, and that's like a bike trail. You know, like that's kind of how I consider the comparison. I actually like that comparison, yeah. Cody. See, because you can go obstacle to obstacle, you can kind of run in a line, or you just sit, wait, watch your buddies do dumb shit, and then you go and do the same thing. I so, mean, we should go wheeling Friday night at Badlands this year. Yes. Uh, oh, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but we can save the socializing for Saturday. Um, you yeah. know, it's funny that we got here from talking about what the, or like how you plan out a build, if you will, but it's kind of funny because like, what was the most dynamic shit that you changed? For me, it was like, I never thought I would be doing one tons, forties, stickies and night wheeling. And it's very funny to be having this conversation when it was supposed to be a backup car. <laughs> mm, huh. I'd I'd say the biggest change for my plan was going from my truck to a Jeep. My biggest change was that the Jeep wasn't even supposed to be mine, and then it ended up being mine. I thought it was <laughs> going to be Caitlyn, so we were building it for Caitlyn, and then I ended up having it. So, yeah, it's a, it's pretty funny to see the direction that she wanted to go with it and keep it clean and make it look nice, and then you have my abortion, and it, like <laughs> it's it's bad. <laughs> it's beautiful. But it works. Grumbo? I mean, I don't know if I've had any... I mean, a big change. I don't want to sound like an asshole and say, no, it's gone exactly how I planned. But I guess the biggest change for me was you know, the speed at which I got stuff done. I don't think I expected you know, to be one tons, then cage, then, you know... Now I'm looking to cut out the floor and make it, you know, more buggy like. Like every year, it gets less and less road legal and more and more of a turns more into a buggy. And I don't want it to turn into a full buggy. Uh, I guess if if that happens, that would be the biggest change for me. Like the biggest change, I guess, so far is has just been the pace at which it's all happened, right? I like, uh, this is what I wanted to happen, but I feel like it's, it's going very fast and things are uh, breaking and I'm beefing them up and then it just gets uglier and uglier and I love it. But <laughs> I guess I'm not driving it as much as I thought I'd be now. Cause I got the truck. The truck was a huge change. 
for me. Yeah. And do you like it though? Having something somewhat reliable to drive around? You know, I thought I did. And then when I drove it to Collins, I was like, damn, I miss this thing. I wish I could drive it every day. <laughs> I, mean, I miss I get mine. The same thing. Yeah, I hop in mine and I'm like, I miss driving this thing. That's why I'm totally fine when Caitlin steals my trucks. I'm like, yeah, you get to be an ignorant asshole driving around in my Cherokee. Like, Yours know. is just ignorant, though, with that fucking exhaust it's got. It's fucking, you know when Cody is showing up. <laughs> True. <laughs> what do you I have? Never... Like, cat it's... with a tiny little, uh, a cat? glass pack? Or no cat? cat? Uh, so, comes off the manifold, which I think our manifolds are actually catted, correct? They have some form of damp. Uh, they can. They can have a pre-cat. Only if they're uh, 2000, they're California emissions. Okay. Oh, okay. So regardless, I have my manifold. It comes down, does a 90 straight, 90 straight to, uh, how, how would we call it, Luke? Uh, it's a Dynamax <laughs> race bullet. So, okay, so not tiny. Much. Does it's nothing. Much, you can see right through it. If that's what you <laughs> and then it yeah. just downturns. Makes it louder. <laughs> it's really not that bad. Like, in all honesty, I mean, you could have, like, like, it's not as loud as Richie's. Richie's is louder. No, um, it's not. Not yeah, anymore. Oh, wow. You have a full exhaust on that thing now? Yeah. Remember, I fixed my manifold? No. Oh, my God. I was so proud to show you it at the shop. I'm an idiot then. I'm so sorry. I must have not been as proud. But I'm proud now. <laughs> but Gee, thanks. For those of you that can't see, I'm just sitting here shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> but... I, sadly, I don't even get the noise from it because it's a fucking automatic and it doesn't stay in one gear. So right as it gets to that nice, sweet, crisp spot, it shifts. It shifts, and it yeah. It goes away. So, yeah, I guess cool. Standard would make it a little bit more obnoxious, but I don't know. Or I get the electronic shifter and do all that kind of fun stuff. The trick is to gear it to the point that you're just always at three grand and then it doesn't matter if you're an automatic or a manual, you're just going to be at <laughs> that RPM all the time. Yeah. At least with mine, I've noticed with like other people when they with their automatics, it shifts very soon. Where mine in first gear, it does not shift until I'm at rev limiter or like if I sit at a certain uh like a high RPM, then it will switch. But it'll like I can go until it's just about rev limiter, almost get it to do that first initial like wop up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then it changes. Maybe so. you should make sure it's got enough fluid in it. I'm pretty sure that's like partially a symptom. Yeah, that's a symptom of it not being happy with the fluid level. But it's an AW4, so just throw some more fluid in it, maybe a little bit of piss, some pond water, it don't matter. I'd skip the pond water. No pond water. I've already <laughs> gone through that. I was there before you guys were. Uh-uh, no thank you. God, the smell. I could, I, oh my lord, I could gag just thinking about the smell. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> guys working on anything this or lately? I've been working on a buddy's Jeep. I mean, I I fixed my Jeep enough to get it over to Colin, like I've said. And he's working on the front bumper. But me and Jacob have been working on my buddy's Jeep, the purple Jeep that I keep you know, showing pictures to you guys of. And it's got a lot no, you of don't. Cool stuff. What? I have not seen a single picture of whatever Jeep you're working on. Oh, I'll have, to, I'll have to post a picture of it. I think we usually post it in the um, 
uh, the chat with everybody. I think Jacob does. Um, yeah, I, I definitely. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but no, I, I haven't noticed it. Are you even in that chat anymore? I feel like you're never even. I don't think I've seen you type in that chat in weeks. I, I did just like yesterday, I think. Uh, maybe it's me that doesn't type in the chat anymore then. Either way. So we got a bunch <laughs> of stuff going on. I got to do hydro assist on that. Um, I think I'm going to try to get that done next week. And I got the box tapped. Uh, just doing some finish work on stiffeners and skid plate and changing his bumper because it's not mounted very well. So a lot of little work. It's kind of refreshing working on a Jeep that's not mine and trying to make it more like mine. Does that make sense? You know, just like yeah. cleaner. He wants to daily drive it. And it's it's close to being there. But I mean, just stuff that I know from having driven mine for a long time, that'll just make the quality of life of driving it that much better. Oh, so, so, so in other words, to. you're being the guinea pig for him. Well, yeah, that's the whole point, right? Teach myself yeah. how to do all this shit for myself and then you know, do it for other Usually, people. Make their lives better. Supposed to make them pay for that after that. Well, I mean, he's paying. (laughs) It'll be a reasonable price, and get a solid Jeep. So, can't beat that. Yep. So right now, if you guys were to take your Jeep, throw it up on Facebook, what would yours like? What would the price be? But what would you think like you would actually sell? Honestly, because I've been thinking about this. I mean, I'm obviously I'm not selling my Jeep, but I thought about it. I'm like, I have X Y Z into this. What the hell would I even want for it? Thoughts never even crossed my mind. I couldn't tell you. Rough price right now. To get it off of my hands for the amount of effort that I have into it, 10,000, I would never get that. Yep. I was going to say the same. That's fair. Hmm. I was right around the same range. Never would get it. Not worth it. Well, I guess I'm the only one looking at this realistically. How much are you selling yours for? I would post it for 55 and take the first 38. That's fair. That's a fair price for that Jeep, honestly, though. Like you. I mean, yeah. I ha- yeah. I had a higher chance of selling mine for like five grand when it was completely yeah. stock on 30, like 31 to the three and three inch lift. Honestly, that thing was so clean, had everything in it. It was fine, low mileage. And now I'm looking at it, I'm like, I can't sell you for more than what I put into you. Like. <laughs> Yeah, my thing is, it's more the cost of the parts for me. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, you always know that you're never really going to get that. I, I mean, I guess in, like, wheeling, actually, I don't know, you look at uh, Rock Crawlers Classified, people are throwing shit out. Just stupid prices for rigs that are in beautiful shape, or not even in beautiful shape, but, like, really nice builds for dirt. Absolute yeah. dirt. Yeah. Well, it's like I, I'm look. I look at all those, and I think of those as realistically priced. True. You know, I I don't care how much money you have into a full tube chassis build, but you're not gonna get fifty thousand for it, especially uh, selling it on Facebook. Depends well, on what's in it. Didn't Capalto like... just sell his for like? 60? Nah, Capalto still got his. I was oh, wrong yeah. about that. Oh, I thought he was. Selling well, no, but he. You guys know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like, a, a yeah. lot of these, a lot of these, like, pretty much complete tube chassis rigs that look pretty decent are getting sold for, like, $20,000. Yeah. 
Cheaper $25,000. Cheaper than that, dude. Are you? Have you looked at Rock Crawley's Classified lately? I think he's uh, talking more about, one. like, not the homebrew chassis. He's talking about, oh, like, gotcha. a bent fab chassis with, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, okay, gotcha. generic LS and decently built one-tons. Uh, gotcha. That would be yeah. where I'm referencing. But to get back on the you're topic, having... oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, um, sorry, but you're having these like legit things, and they're like reasonably priced. Like I don't know what happened to the market, but it's like everyone's starting to take a step back. It's like maybe I should actually price it to sell. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I wonder if Corona. Luke uh, suggested earlier. I mean, I know that he's been working on a few of Jacob's things. I don't. I don't. I actually really haven't been playing around with much. I've just been stockpiling parts. Have you been playing with shit, Luke? Uh, me and Kish cut half of the side of my Jeep off this weekend. Ooh. Um, we have to make well, mainly Kish. I just helped to provide assistance on the marking and doing the other dumb shit that had to be done to get the supporting stuff done. What'd you cut it off with? Angle grinder and a sawzall. Favorite yeah. Right there. Uh, I I can now. With without stabbing myself i can climb into his jeep from the outside wow that's impressive yeah it's cut like three inches below the bottom of that body line where it like folds below yeah, the, the window. window yeah yep it's, did you cut it at the body line or below it we cut it below it because mine or the way that i'm setting up the fenders they're offset from the body so i need some sheet metal to fill oh, so gotcha, gotcha. we're gonna pull okay. The sheet yeah, metal. It's, it's it's set up that way. His uh, the tube going over the fender will be right at the body line. Mm -hmm. Nice. That'll look yeah. good. Yeah, we're trying do... to keep it street legal. Yeah, true. I actually did do uh, bushwhacker flares on a buddy of mine's Jeep. It was actually pretty easy to do. Like I was kind of like he was showing me all the different pieces and all the different mounting points. It really wasn't that bad, honestly. And they're actually pretty like structurally sound i'm genuinely surprised with them because i've always known like i think i've known people with the crappy ones or the china made ones so but other than that really haven't been doing much fair enough i will say those bushwhacker flares you really gotta pay attention to where you drill those holes otherwise you end up with it a little crooked on this jeep i think i have to fix it on the purple jeep i'm working on on the ones that buckley just got they mount up to your factory holes. So the top two, uh, like where oh. your factory, um, like I guess the tack yeah, pieces, the little hooks or whatever, um, you would, you bolt them through those and then you just, so you mount that, get the line, and then you just uh, screw it, like drill a hole, drill a hole, and it's perfect. Like it was super, super simple. Hmm. And then you only nice. cut off like, I don't even know. I mean, it, it was maybe like three inches, like up to the top point, and then that was about it. Mm -hmm. But they definitely seem like, they would take a hit or two i mean obviously if you drill a tree sideways then you're really probably not going to survive but yeah enough my view on those is they're great for jeeps that see 75 percent to 99 percent of road time yeah i don't huh? see them having a real place getting bashed off of trees otherwise they're awesome it depends on what they're made of my crappy little yj flares that were just like screwed in with self tappers into the body those things would not fall off 
except for the one time I lost one on the highway. And even then, it didn't want to fall off because what happened is it fell off, hit the back tire, got stuffed up from the front tire, and was sitting on the control arm. I could like feel it. I don't know how to describe it. It's been a it's been a hot minute since it happened, but I I knew it was there because I looked behind me and I didn't see it, and I'd heard it clanging around underneath when it fell off. And <laughs> when I slowed down to get off to try to save it, it it then it fell off. But when I was moving at speed, it stayed on there. It was it was a sad day. I think it was um is that Connecticut your regular fenders or is that um or are those your current fenders? What do you mean? Uh, the old YJ flares I used to have, those little yeah. rubber things, yeah. those pieces of crap. Yeah. I took them off when I did the tube in the back because I didn't want to. The front ones just look. They would have just looked weird with. I guess I could have done it. I don't know. I've never been pulled over. Those flares weren't helping me. Uh, so I just took them off. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm done caring about that. So if I dove nose my Jeep, you think I should still run it down the road? No. I mean. Yes. No, no I'd ah, give it a yes. shot. See what happens. You'd probably be I fine. Like somehow find a way to like bolt on big ass fenders that I could just take off on trail. But I, I don't do know. That I feel too. like it's just bringing more attention to that Jeep than it needs. I mean, with <laughs> just... what we were talking about cutting out of there, I don't support. Well, the when we do the back half, yeah. I, I don't think I'm driving down the No, with the dove nose. We were talking about removing three of the grill slots, so that thing's going to be yeah. pretty narrow. Yeah, like bringing the front, the whole front of the Jeep just to the unibody, and then extending backwards out to the body from there yeah i i don't know i wouldn't do it <laughs> Come on, no just do what on. luke's doing and do a wide body mod nah you know, cody yeah. I, I think this sort of ties in uh to something i've been kind of meaning to bring up there just hasn't been a good point your vision seems like it's very different for your jeep than my vision and what i think richie's got going on and what luke's doing now you sort of from the beginning, I feel like you've been, you know, more interested in like full on buggy. Like you don't care about street legal, road legal. You just want a cool buggy. And that's so that I want to see what you started. It all started from when like I did the whole little Jeep bullshit, breaking this, doing that, wheeling it well out of its capabilities and then being stuck on trail and be like, this sucks. Now I have to figure out how I'm driving this home. I'm calling AAA there saying, no, we can't touch it because it's on trail, or even when it's back on the road, they still won't take it. So I made the steps, like, choosing when I bought my truck, I bought the 2500 specifically because I knew I was going to be towing it. I knew I was going to be buying a trailer. And I think it just kind of, like, slides down into the idea of, I want to kind of set up, like, a Razor in the sense of, well, I guess a modified Razor, the sense of, like, you drive it, you roll it over, you laugh about it, you flip it back over, and you keep on going is kind of, I don't want to be limited to, oh shit, I have to drive this down the road now. Like, no, fuck that. I want to beat the shit out of it, drive it like I stole it, have a great time, get some content for the potential YouTube if we do one. And like, that's, I don't know, like, I've always been that kind of arrogant asshole that's like, not center of attention, but I want, I want to be known that I was there. I don't want to, like, if I die, I want that fucking day to be a holiday. So, <laughs> like, that's kind of always been my mindset. And I think that back halving it or even just building the cage to go around the cockpit and then just letting the rest of it go to shit and just making sure that my tires are good and my suspension's good and just having a good time. I think that's just always been my vision with it. But 
there's also been you guys who have been suggesting like, hey, maybe that's not the best bet because you enjoy driving the thing. You enjoy driving it to work and having your coworkers being like, I swear I almost saw you flip over because those tires are so low or your tires flat. And I'm like, nah, nah I went rock crawling, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think part of that, though, is like with the vision that you have in the back of your head. And to me, it's like, I don't want to cut up a fully functional vehicle again because I didn't have good luck with it. I'd like to build a tube chassis and have it be what I want it to be. If you want to cut up an XJ and have functional heat and AC, totally understand that. Just realize that you're going to be rebuilding frame rails from front to rear and, you know, all of that jazz that comes along with it. If you're willing to accept that, go for it, you know? I the I mean, honestly, you giving your insight because of Ducky is the only, like, 20% in my brain that's like, maybe this. Oh, and he disappeared as per <laughs> our literal really usual. Oh, we uh... almost made it. We almost <laughs> we, made it. We were so close. <laughs> it, it had to get its one kick in. Dude, I'm telling you, it's just even my computer knows that I have to be known that I'm talking or whatever it may be. (laughs) So back to what I was saying, like that the ducky and the complications that you had are the biggest things that stick out of my head. That's like, hey, this is not probably the best decision, but (sighs) the problem with ducky was there was a lack of commitment. If you are willing to commit to the project, you are good. If you build three quarters of a buggy, it will always be three quarters of the buggy with 100 percent of the problems. Yeah, I mean. So that's probably why you suggest the idea of back-halfing it. Don't just do an external cage, cut the roof off, like, no. Take the time, take the effort, and it's probably when I have my own space to do a majority of it, so that way the pre-build to it would be done prior to it going to whoever I may have back-half it, because me and Luke were talking about it, that's further down the line, but... um. Is that kind of why you suggest, like, hey, take the time, pull the back half of the Jeep forward, make it look clean, cap off the unibody, and then build the back half off of that? Uh, That is 100% of the reason, because if you cut off the front frame rails and you cut off the uh, rear where, you know, you want it to be, roughly, that right there is going to be your best bet at making the chassis pretend to stay alive or keep that little section of unibody that you would have left in one piece. Because if you leave it full-bodied and you try and do what you want to do, I mean, I think Graham and myself are decent examples of we, we're we both dealing with track bars ripping themselves off the frame right now. If you're going to go for it, go for it. Let's fucking get sick with it and we'll build you a tube frame for the front section. If you want to go down that route. Otherwise, if you're not going to commit to that route, just buy a used buggy. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. See, I I got a little bit of a a different... Well, I'm sorry. I should say if it's going to be a fully off-road and your mindset is buggy. I think... Luke is definitely... Luke is scared because of Ducky. And that is rightfully so. Ducky was missing all of his sheet metal. <laughs> How am I scared? I am literally sitting Listen, here you, saying you the duck, 
and you hated the ducky. <laughs> yes, but I'm literally sitting here buying more tube. I bought fucking stickies, which probably are yeah, not going to live on there. You were scared of building a buggy out of a pre-existing vehicle because of your one experience with it being ducky, which was a poor example of how to build a buggy out of a real, or not a real vehicle, an existing platform like a ZJ. Uh, to the point where like, there was just no ZJ left, right? I think you could do a tasteful, like, Cherokee buggy pretty pretty easily with a dove nose front. If you wanted to chop the back off, you could. Oh if you yeah. Wanted to front, you could make it more like a little truggy thing. You could have it be open if you wanted. You could have it have glass if you wanted. That's a lot more work, but I think that'd be cool. And I think that's almost. I mean, if it was me, I would say you know build something like that like because yeah. that's a little I'm, different it gets you know Graham, i'm not disagreeing but i'm saying that if you are going to commit to doing it fully commit to doing it be prepared for the fact that you might have to pull out your wiring harness and trim out oh, all yeah. the excess bs which means that the dash has to come out of a buggy to get worked on you might end up putting in a different dash at that point and it's like there's a bunch of random little shit that comes with cutting up a full or a functional vehicle instead of adding electronics onto nothing. So I mean, I mean you, to give you the best idea of kind of what I'm thinking is a mixture of my Jeep, but the front end is still Cherokee dove nosed with the Mike Craig back end. To me, that would be the perfect recipe for a like the only thing is I would have to probably completely readjust the cage at that point. So that way it's all structural oh, for the back fuck. end. Yeah. So for me, the reason that I'm like, that's totally cool. And that's totally irrelevant to the point that I'm trying to make. I'm talking about oh, the Cherokee unibody failing. That's my biggest okay. problem with doing a Cherokee is it's like, you have to cut so much of the unibody out that it's like, what do I have left for a Cherokee? If you are going to try and keep glass in it, keep a functional set of doors on it, and have the vehicle look like something, or the buggy look like something, totally start with a Cherokee, but cut the frame rails off and cap them where it's like the edge of the engine or engine bay and the end of the unibody, do a full cap on that so that way there's a minimum amount that could be straight plated on three sides and you know that your inner frame rail is going to hold up well, and I think, not honestly, destroy itself. Some of it comes down to experience. If, I mean, the, the the whole track bar ripping off of that inner rail, that's something that I sort of was on my radar. I didn't realize how bad it had gotten until, uh, you know, I rolled under it and was like, oh, yeah, I'm literally peeling away the bottom of my frame rail from <laughs> the from the unibody frame yeah if I, I had set that up better you wouldn't have had that situation if you had a bar a brace that went from one side of the track bar to the other side and you had a stiffener that wrapped around the whole way like something like the the hooligans they make a pretty decent kit it's a pain in the ass to weld up but they're it's a solid kit tons of metal on those then you'd you'd be better off and i think nowadays there's more options to keep i guess in the unibody if you it definitely takes a little bit of know-how i don't know if you'd get it right if you were just gonna you know start from nothing say i'm building a cherokee buggy with a back half tube and the front end dove nosed and i'm gonna put all this tube in it and keep the unibody rails but stiffen them right then you might still run into issues but 
you're going to run into that regardless of what you do, whether you keep it full body or not. The only way you're going to get around that would maybe be if you were in a, a tube buggy that was you know custom built from the ground up. But even then, you're going to run into problems unless you know. If you've never built a tube buggy before, you're going to have problems with your first tube buggy. Just I guess. The- I, I do understand your point on that, but I'm just saying, like as far as a platform, Cherokees are notorious for the unibodies destroying themselves. So yep. why not just go four-link front? If it's an off-road specific vehicle, okay, just four link. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like w- that would allow for me to keep the front unibody because I just feel like taking out the front unibody and then doing a full tube chassis. Well, s- technically three quarter tube chassis at that point would be more of a pain in the ass than it would be worth. All right. So the motor pops. What are you gonna put in it? Don't know. Probably All right. less, just because it'd be plain and simple. Alright, so you're going to put an LS into a stock Cherokee unibody rail on a Jeep that gets abused. I mean, I'm not saying it's a terrible idea, but I just... I'm at the point where if I'm going to commit to doing something, I'm going to commit the full way. And I feel like I've got the knowledge and the skill set that if I'm going to commit to doing something like that, it would get done. Okay. I mean, hey, that's definitely something that we can toss between one another. I, I just... This is the first time I've been hearing you say something about the front end on this project. So it was a little bit of a shock. Oh, well, here's the other (laughs) thing. With you, you're working in stages and, you know, it's like it might end up with the 60 and all that. But I'm saying when it hits the point where it goes full blown buggy and you want to be able to roll it down a hill and not worry about it. That level of detail is the level of detail that in my mind goes with that. So if you plan on having it be something where, oh, yep, nope, I accidentally flopped it, not a big deal. Yeah, if you plan on having it survive multiple seasons of hard rolls, you got to go the full way. Well, also you have to tie in the idea of the style of wheeling that I enjoy doing. I don't enjoy the do or die, like, wall of death. No matter how built my rig is, right now where I sit, I cannot see myself doing that just because I don't find the fun in that. There is no fun to that. I love the stupid tight technical shit where your wheel is above your fender and you're like, okay, but if I go too far one way, I'm going to flop this thing. You know, I want to be able to do other things, but I don't see myself jumping it down a hill and just being like, fucking Bon Voyage, let's run it. Like, that to me just doesn't. Yeah, that's understandable. I'm just saying, like, if you're... Uh, tailor your or build to your expectations. Like overkill is underrated. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I definitely no such thing saying. as overkill. Yeah, true. I don't know. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I should build it above what I'm willing to do because then it will last. Otherwise, yes. Don't fucking bother because you're just gonna blow it up because you're gonna at some point outwheel what the rig is capable of so what's the point yeah and my thing is it's like i have a perfectly streetable cherokee and that's the reason i go in the direction that i go it's perfectly streetable there's no point in me destroying that thing to make it into what it will never be which is a full body or a full buggy like unless it eh, but there's not going to be enough cherokee left caterpillar to a butterfly you know from an yeah. ugly ass blueberry, yeah. <laughs> beautiful two buggy, preach, uh, preach. <laughs> crawling machine that you roll every two seconds. 
But like, <laughs> if I'm gonna, it would take a lot of money and a lot of work, and it would look very different when it came out of that Christmas. Oh, yeah. You know, it's already gonna be fucking different as it sits. It's yeah. not. It's gonna be as crude as ever, but you know, it'll I mean, be cool. I, I was just gonna say, it, if you really want to think about it, right now Barry's kind of is in a cocoon. <laughs> it's gonna come out completely different. <laughs> oh man, I'm glad that uh that analogy stuck. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just call it Barry is a little bit of a sign of respect to that rig that runs at F and F. But yeah, fucking but, Barry is entertaining. I'm just trying to understand. Well, I get no, I, no, I don't don't follow my train of thought because it was already. A... I'm just, my vision would be the Mike Craig, my XJ had a baby and made an abortion is kind of what I'm thinking. But I do oh, see what you I mean. Don't... If I want to build it to the point of, as you, as I first came out and said, like, if I want to build it to the point that I could pull up to any obstacle and go, eh, fuck it, let's see if it'll make it happen, and then flip it over end over end two times and then put it back on the wheels and turn it on, it needs to be able to handle an assault like that. If, mm-hmm. if not, then don't build it to that point because you're not like i see what you mean i just yeah i'm not it all in the brain yeah no it makes it's one of those things where it's like a very cold splash of water to the face but it's a full-bodied rig will do 90 percent of what a buggy will do a if it's built right a but that last 10% is the largest 10%, like Graham was saying, when it comes to the last 10% of the build takes 90% of the effort, or 90% yep. of the cash. Uh, that's just what I'm getting at, so you have to be willing to put in 100% of the effort of building a tube rig to get it to that last point and still have it be Cherokee. I think Josh uh, did a very good job on his white XJ. That's like perfectly towing the line and has all the work done but this is still too full body for me yeah his is still full bodied but it is you can tell it was an xj at one point but it's all been reinforced it's all been tubed out correct and you can see the changes you can see if you look closely at some of his tube work i i thought it was really interesting because you can see where the cage used to be mounted because it was a four-door right i I think it was Right, yep. you can see how it used to be set up, and then it looked like the top got chopped off or something, or he cut out the, you know, the B and C pillars just to to change it all. Which I thought was, you know, for me that was a little eye opening. I was like, damn, yeah, you can, you actually can just cut that off and you know, make things fit where they're, they yep. have to fit if you're going to change it up that much. So that's yep. what I mean by that. Um, anyone got any final thoughts? No. No, I think we're uh, no. pretty good. All right, well, let's wrap it up here. Keep it rubber side down, dent side up, and take it easy.